alien spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. Welcome to the 81st Annual Subliminal Deception Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory bullshit. My name is Cody, and I'm joined by my pal Phil. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Not doing too bad. It's actually a delightful 72-degree October day in Minnesota. How is the weather in your neck of the woods? Uh, It's pretty good. I got the AC turned down to about 74 in here, and I haven't gone outside all day. So I just (laughs) really... I just Doing realized good. I really hate quoting the MK Ultra robot that is Al, uh, Al Roker, but he just does it so good. Yeah, he I well, I don't really watch the news anymore. I get it all on my phone, but it's I remember when I was a kid and we would be waiting for the snow days like the um, the information on if we were going to have a snow day or not. And we would always listen to that in the morning. Well, you know what? He's always a cock tease because he never gives us the snow days that we wanted. But speaking <laughs> of the news, obviously the big news right now is Mr. Donald J. Trump has uh, contracted coronavirus. And according to him, he's perfectly healthy. It didn't even. Well, no, he said it made him sick, but it's not going to take him down. He's too powerful. Yeah, he said that he has apparently superhuman genes and he's not uh not gonna fall ill to this at all but he is also getting some of the best medicine on earth and a cocktail of drugs that's keeping his fever down right well like like i mentioned before we started recording is from from what bianca had told me that essentially the drugs that he's taking are kind of like a uh they they kind of give you the illusion that you're a lot healthier than you actually are because they make you feel like Superman. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's going like, he's on, he's on like some pretty powerful steroids right now. He's on some drugs. Basically it's like weekend at Bernie's. Like he's, <laughs> he's just got, he might as well have just people like walking him around, like making him look am- animated. It is like, this is, it's a very false. He's still going to be sick from this. It's just being covered up by all these drugs. Yeah, so I mean, when this episode gets released in a week from now, um, maybe this will age well, maybe it won't. I don't know. Well, well, I guess we'll find out by then. But it seems like somehow the coronavirus has penetrated the political figures surrounding the White House, and uh, you know, Chris Christie has it. Apparently, he's on a ventilator right now. Hopefully, he pulls through. It, you know, it's sad when you see Mitch McConnell. One of the biggest douchebags alive say, I haven't went to the White House in two months because they have zero protocol for avoiding the spread of coronavirus. Yeah, nobody loves Mitch McConnell more than Mitch McConnell. Yeah. I mean, no one no one actually likes Mitch McConnell. But yeah, I mean, it is smart. He's a smart guy. He's not, and he probably understands that this is for real, even though publicly he probably, you know, doesn't, he doesn't come out and say it. He knows that it's dangerous and you can't just be 
walking into buildings, not wearing a mask, walking around other people that you don't usually, you know, come around not well, wearing a mask. So, well, no, no, no. What he was saying is that the White House under the uh, current administration had zero protocols for masks and stuff. So he's like, I'm not going to go in there because that's a dangerous situation. Oh, no, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's smarter than that. He's not going to walk into that situation. It could be, too, because I feel like Mitch McConnell's so frail. If he gets too bad of gas one night, he could possibly pass away. Yeah, this is, well, I mean, this is going to be old news. I mean, the news cycles now turn over every six hours. We're recording this on... Friday, October 9th, and yesterday I was watching the news, and they were actually fumigating the White House, trying to get rid of all the coronavirus that was they're worried about is just pet like hanging around on the fucking counters and shit. So <sighs> apparently the uh, what do what do you think? I know Big Ten football starting up soon. Uh, apparently the NFL is I, I don't, they're starting to look a little grim. They're having some problems. Um, I've got Duke Henry. Luckily, I've got plenty of backs behind him that are strong. Um, but that game got moved from Sunday to Tuesday. The problem is, if that game gets delayed again, then I'm 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 having to decide right now on one of my running back slots if I can rely on that game happening, which is kind of <laughs> shitty. I mean, they have had a ton of games. They've had a lot more games than people expected, but it's starting to. It's really starting to affect the scheduling now because one game gets canceled. That means that one team can't play another team. And if they push that game back, that means that if the if one of those teams is supposed to play Thursday, that means that game can't be played Thursday. They have to push that game back. And all of a sudden it has this ripple effect. Yeah. So. Well, being that I live in Minnesota and the week that the Titans broke out, they had just played the Vikings. From what I, all of I heard from the insiders is the Titans were playing pretty fast and loose, and they knew one of their players had it, and they were kind of like hiding it, and then they yeah, had an I, outbreak. I believe it was one of the assistant coaches yeah. who first had it, and then they found out they found out he had it. They played anyway, and because he was asymptomatic, and it turned out he had already given it to some of his players. And I don't think the Vikings, anyone on the Vikings, has it though. No. It sounds yeah. like it's just the Patriots and Titans right now, from what I understand. Yeah, the, it's the worst case scenario for the Patriots, though, because it's their fucking star quarterback who has it. Yeah. Uh, he Is he still a star, you think? Cam Newton? Uh, He's coming back. He, He's, I think with this new team, he'll be on the rise again. Well, he, yeah, he, he I, I don't know. I don't know about him. He, they probably would have actually won the game last week if he was playing, I'll say that. But uh, anyway, Phil... You wanted to mention something that you watched recently that I think might have might be of interest to our fans. Oh, yeah. Well, so you convinced me to get Amazon Prime uh, and recently since I got back from Minnesota for the documentary series watch alongs that we've been doing. Hell yeah. And so I have been running. Those are on Patreon, by the way. Uh, Two dollars gets you like access to those just by the way. So. I've been watching some of their the series that they have on there, and I've been kind of like running through. I watched um, The Boys. I watched a few other ones, Man in the High Castle. I just watched one. It was pretty short. It was on Roger Ailes. It was called The Loudest Voice. I had no idea how much of a fucking scumbag that guy was. Yeah, like, he's a uh, he's a British boy, right? 
No, he's American. Oh, he is it's, American. Rupert Murdoch is the uh, the the owner of all of the News Corp, and he is, I believe, he's Australian. In the in the show, he says "made a lot," so I think he's Australian. Gotcha. But Roger Ailes is, I believe, he was from Ohio, and he just was looked like a fat, disgusting pig. I was looking up pictures of him while I was watching the show, and he is disgusting on the inside as he was on the outside. Just he did some pretty horrible. horrendous shit. Yeah, the show gets pretty fucking bad at times, but it does end with him getting taken down. So, so that, I guess there's a happy ending at the end. Well, yeah, it was basically him getting his ass fucking kicked out of Fox News. So, oh man, maybe I'll have to check that one out. Maybe that'll be well. I don't know. This sounds a little hard, and <laughs> for you and I to do a watch along on it, but uh, no, it was it was it was ten episodes an hour each. So ooh. I don't think we could do a watch along of. It's a series. It's not a. Gotcha. It's, um, yeah, you remember the dude from Three Hundred? Uh, he G- plays Roger Ailes in it. He does a really good job. Oh, oh, I see. So it's like a reenactment. Yes. Yeah. And uh, one of the characters is played by the guy from Family Guy. The he does. He's on the Orville. I don't know. Uh, Seth MacFarlane. Seth MacFarlane. Yeah. Ah, MacFarlane. Interesting. Well, uh, before we dive in the episode here, we'll just uh, what Phil was mentioning. Two dollars and up, you get access to. We currently have four videos. We have We Believe in Dinosaurs. Great. We have The Great Deceiver. If you want to learn about Satan, that one is, I don't even know. That one's hard. That one's cringy as hell. We have The Time Traveler from uh, 3036, also cringy. Tremendously and, cringy. Yeah, and we have maybe my personal favorite, Weed and Tears, all about the the people who thought the world was going to end in 2011. Fantastic. And probably by the time this episode gets released, we're going to have... Uh, Woman of Women of the Occult release, which is about uh, witches, a Satanist, and a vampires. Vampire. Vampires, yep. yes. So I re I re watched that one. It's pretty pretty funny. I'm not gonna lie. So yeah, just jump over to Patreon.com/slash Subliminal Deception and sign up today. Otherwise, let's jump into the episode, Phil. All right. Now this week I decided to do another one that we probably will be repeatedly doing. As this podcast goes along, much like disaster stories, much like time travelers, the ones we bring up, I wanted to cover superhumans, okay? Now, we're all familiar with things like superheroes and the X-Men, but could it be entirely possible that the next step in human evolution could provide certain humans with abnormal gifts or abilities, perhaps not like the power of magnetism like Magneto has or to make sparkles like Jubilee has. <laughs> but what about super strength or or something along those lines, psychic ability, something like that? I find this really fascinating when people seem to be I, I don't seem to be able to accomplish feats without the assistance of technology. It's just them doing it themselves. So we're gonna talk about three individuals in particular. Now Two of them are really cool. The third guy I thought I liked, but after I dove a little deeper into his story, I don't really like him that much anymore. Uh, and I th- I have a feeling that you're going to know exactly who I'm talking about once we get to that point. So before we get into it, how do you feel? Do you think the next step in human evolution could be like super abilities or like super genes or something like that? 
Yeah, I mean, possibly it would be pretty cool if we all had, I mean, every time you say super, like superhuman powers, you always do think of kind of like the X-Men or something like that. I believe it's maybe, I mean, you got to think realistically though, like what can the human mind actually accomplish? I mean, really stretching it might be telekinetic power, but that is super stretching it. I think that possibly the ability to endure like extreme conditions like extreme heat extreme cold um that kind of thing something that your mind can overcome yeah so maybe that kind of stuff but the ability to fly obviously not Um, no no not that stuff what what about like let's say obviously telekinesis is psychic but what about like people communicating through their mind without actually speaking well, I mean, it kind of if you believe that aliens might be just super evolved humans from the future, and that is how they communicate, they all communicate telepathically, it would be something that I think the mind could do. It's or maybe the the body develops abilities like releasing certain pheromones that give off, you know, thoughts to other people, something like that. But I'm not exactly sure about humans in our age being able to do stuff like that. Yeah, it it seems like with humans generally throughout history, there's one step forward, two steps back usually. So uh, it it takes a while to to get to that point. Now, the the first two we're going to be talking about actually have proven genetic differences than uh, the normal human being. The third guy is a more mental thing. So we'll start off with the one that basically everyone calls the real life Unbreakable. Have you? I'm assuming you've seen this M Night Shyamalan movie. Yes, I've seen the M. I've seen the M Night Shyamalan movie. I've seen. I I believe it. I've seen a couple people who claim to be this. They claim it. Well, I'll, I'll, I mean, it's just little things that they found out that they can do, but they kind of look like they've trained their bodies to do it. So, gotcha. Okay. Okay. Well, this one we're not talking about like let's say let's take an athlete for for example, right? I I think it's proven that if you have enough muscle mass, it can help your body avoid injury, right? Yes. Um I think even from what I've heard, I don't know if this is true or not, but like Barry Sanders, right? The man with the thickest thighs I've ever seen in my life. Apparently, his thigh muscles were so strong, both of his ACLs were torn, but he could still run because of all the muscles and his legs were so powerful. He didn't need those, uh, those ligaments. That's what I've heard. He didn't need to. He didn't need to have them hold on to anything. He could still just move along. That's crazy. Uh, that's what I've always heard. Uh, obviously, I don't think everybody can do that. He's obviously like a a very unique individual, and it's kind of like Adam always says: certain people win the genetic lottery. You know, you gotta you gotta get perfect aces across the board to win the genetic li- uh, lo- uh, lottery, such as Barry Sanders did. My frail Norwegian body. I cannot be Barry Sanders, obviously. No. So when when you're talking about that, I was thinking about um, you. You know who Brock Lesnar is? Yes, right? yes, yes. So during a wrestling match against um, Kurt Angle, he was trying to pull out a shooting star press, which is when you're on the top rope, you do a backflip, and then you land on the guy 
um, on your stomach. So you start off in the standing position, looking at them, you jump up in the air backwards and then land on them. The problem was he hadn't really, he could do it. He, he's done, he had done it a ton of times in the past when he was in development, but Kurt Angle was too far away. Kurt Angle should have been much closer to him. So he tried to do it. The problem is he landed str- like down on his head. Oh. Like, if he would have been like a normal sized pro wrestler, a normal sized human being, he would have severely broken his neck. But because Brock Lesnar's neck and his those his traps, the muscles leading up to his neck, because those muscles are so big, he actually got away with it without having like serious serious damage. Yeah. I'm, I'm a normal human would have severely broken their neck. I'm I'm pretty convinced that Brock Lesnar doesn't even have a neck. He just has muscles. Yeah, it's just there's no neck. It's just giant torso leading to chin. There's no there's no neck there. It's just he's fucking he's a yeah, he's one of those superhuman people who he doesn't have like a normal human body. Uh, it's crazy. I yeah, he's a very large individual. I don't know why he chose the sword tattoo on his chest, but we can get into that another time. <laughs> now <laughs> Sometime in the 1990s, a Connecticut man was in a severe car accident in which any normal person it would have left them with several of their bones fractured or broken. Naturally, he was then rushed to the hospital. And when the radiologist began to take x-rays, he quickly noticed that this particular individual did not have a single bone that was fractured or broken from the car crash. He should have been fucked up. Now, if, if for those of you who have not seen uh, Unbreakable, essentially the 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 big plot of the uh, the guy knowing he's unbreakable is he's in a huge train crash and everybody's dead except for him, and he doesn't even have a scratch on him. So obviously, it's not that dramatic with this guy, but you're kind of getting the impression like this guy should be fucked up. How is he not fucked up? You know? Yeah. So from the x-rays, the radiologist, he could tell they were slightly more dense at first, but it was strange enough for him that he wanted to call in a bone expert to actually look really close at him. I didn't even know that was a thing, by the way. Uh, so <laughs> They a, got something for everybody. <laughs> so a bone specialist from Yale performed additional tests, and oh boy, he's in for a surprise. This man's bones were eight times more dense than the normal human bones. And another particular thing that those testing him noticed about this man was that he had a unusually square jaw. So they believe that if you see somebody with a, uh, I guess, unusually square jaw, they believe this might be a sign that they're carrying the gene for this extreme bone density, if that makes sense. So per, perhaps that's why you I mean, maybe that's why humans, when they see someone with an extremely square jaw, they think that's very like a good looking feature on a person. Maybe it's because it's our brain telling us that they can take more of a beating and keep going than a normal human. They're survivors. They're tougher. It's like yeah. a subconscious sign that this would be a powerful mate or whatever. I guess that's kind of what you can break all that down to. Um now, the really interesting thing about this whole ordeal is upon looking deeper into the man's family, uh, his entire family has that exact same gene that gives them basically unbreakable bones. 
And also in this study, this is really shocking to me. They apparently found a family in Omaha, Nebraska that has the same trait. I don't know. what Cornhusker jeans? What's going on there? Maybe they're just the kind of motherfuckers that are carrying around cows all day. <laughs> and eventually they just got this. I mean, if I found out that I had this kind of some gene that gave me some kind of superhuman ability, I would totally stud myself out. Like, just, I mean, just put yourself out on the market, you know? Yeah, I mean, maybe. Tons of money for this. The the thing is, is like eight times denser than the normal human bones. Like, I mean, I'm going to talk about some of the problems that these people might face, but uh, it's, God, that is a tough fucking bone. I think actually the first thing I might do is go to one of those patent offices and actually have my genes patented so that some of those motherfuckers from CRISPR can't just steal it, put a patent <laughs> on it, claim that they own me. Because that's where this fucking shit's going with this whole the genes and CRISPR shit. Can you but patent genes? I believe you can because there's actually precedent for it because who's that uh, fucking those assholes – um, who make the the like the pesticide resistant crops? Monsanto uh, Roundup. They actually have patents on genes for plants, and I believe that they're trying to make it say like, "Oh, if we can have the patent on genes for plants, we can have the patents on genes for humans." So oh. I would get my genes patented if I had one of these superhuman abilities. Yeah, I think you're talking about M- Monsanto, which owns Roundup or whatever. But yeah, they are a despicable fucking company they're horrible they're yeah i believe they're so despicable they actually may have changed their name from monsanto oh well we'll find you you cocksuckers they're that bad now speaking of kind of the gene thing when scientists discovered this and as far as i could tell from the news articles this was like in the last year or so um that they're trying to isolate that particular gene which then they could either help it would help them develop medicines for people who might have bone problems or they were talking about genetic modification which i don't really know that much about it's kind of wild for me um but now there's something called osteoporosis are you familiar with this yes yep uh older people get it in their bones apparently old or young people can as well now the thing that's really interesting about this disease is that it does cause your bones to be extremely dense, but they're brittle because the old bone cannot break down to form new bone. Uh, It's a process called bone remodeling. I didn't know that was a thing, but the interesting thing about the people with this specific gene with the unbreakable bones is they have the dense bones, but their bones regenerate normally like everybody else. So that's why their gene is so important. I mean, I think that's pretty fucking wild. Yeah, definitely. But just like I said, get a lawyer before you signed any paperwork because they will fucking steal this from you. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. You have your genes everywhere. It's interesting that the, the particular families in Omaha and Connecticut, like everybody in their family has this gene. So it must it it must not like skip generations or anything like if you're born to I I don't know if it's the man or the woman in this situation, but whoever is your offspring, you're going to have this gene. Yeah, it sounds like it's a really dominant gene. They uh, I mean, I wonder if these people 
I don't want to say they're inbred, but if they're from <laughs> if they're from like Nebraska, possibly they in the past we talk about you know cousin fuckers and episodes a few episodes back with Rothschilds. I wonder if there was something like that, and that's why the genes became so dominant in this family. I mean, it, it could be. I uh, you know, couple corn husking cousins get together. You never know what'll happen. <laughs> you know the fucking. Small town bullshit going on. But I mean, when when you have inbreeding, you have these genes that become super dominant that really start like tearing through the line. Like if you look at the pictures of the Habsburg, Habsburgs, they were some square jaw motherfuckers. But that was a whole different fucking situation. Yeah, I I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. I, I guess they'd have to really. Well, I don't know. Can they dig up genes from like their deceased relatives to see where this came from? I mean, I they you don't really need to dig up the like the bodies to find like the old genes. You can actually look in their kind of like in their genes and see like where the genes came from if they came from like maternal or paternal lines. Oh, so I don't think they would need to dig up bodies. I do believe that the the marrow, like the genes inside the bone marrow, stay good because when they you're into like true crime, yeah, and they can still like. They can still find DNA from some of these like corpses for years after they've completely lost all skin and hair and toenails and shit. So, well, from the sounds of it, 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 it sounds like this particular family would literally be your prototypical movie where you open a casket from like 200 years and it's just a perfect skeletal frame in there. I feel like these people's bones just will not deteriorate. Like they're just perfect ivory <laughs> <Yeah>. white bones. <laughs> Every they look, go it ahead. looks like you found them in a fucking science class hanging up on the wall. <laughs> I was gonna say every spooky girl I know would probably love to have one of these corpses outside of their house. Just this perfect skeleton to scare yeah, that's the kids. The, that's the big thing this year is the twelve foot skeleton from Home Depot. Everyone <laughs> wants that now. I see that on. Well, we have some pretty 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 odd characters on our Instagram with all the paranormal stuff. So. It's the 12-foot skeleton everyone wants. Well, you got to get a 12-foot skeleton for outside of your apartment building, Phil. That'd be great. I just plop it right on the sidewalk here. <laughs> now, while these, you know, superhuman bones or whatever sounds great, it does have a few flaws. Now, the people with this extremely high bone density have reported that they have significant trouble staying afloat while swimming. So... There's no buoyancy to them at all. They'll just sink to the bottom, apparently. Um, that could be kind of dangerous. Now, another person with this uh, genetic trait had to undergo several hip replacement surgeries. But because they could not screw the artificial bone into the actual real bone because it was too fucking dense. Ooh, that sounds fucking shitty. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, we were talking, you talked about dead hips and shit last week. Yes. Imagine if you couldn't even have surgery because they could not screw into your fucking bones because they're too tough. Yeah, well, you were talking about people who have a really hard time floating because they have mm. very dense bones. It made me think of birds. The reason why birds can fly is because they have extremely hollow, they have hollow bones, very light bones that allow them to fly without they can they don't have like a lot of weight from their bones that weigh them down so they're able to fly so i could see someone with extremely dense bones not being able to float at all because you want 
you know, a little bit of space in your bones, I guess, to be able to float. Yeah. Well, you'd think by that logic, shouldn't Mitch McConnell be able to float, Phil? Or I He's mean, got fly, that neck. fly. You would oh. think a stiff. You would think a stiff wind would just catch up in that neck, and you would just <laughs> float like fucking like a like a grocery bag from a store, just float away in the wind. That droopy face would turn into flaps, and he would just start flying off. He's like Dumbo. His fucking flaps just. <laughs> 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 All right, now let's move on to our yeah. superhuman number two here, Phil, the man who can eat anything. Have you ever heard of this guy? Uh, no, I have not. Okay. Now, there's a Frenchman by the name of Michael Letito, I believe that's his name, also known as Monsieur Menchtout, or Menchout, or something like that, which is a translation to Mr. Eat It All, or Mr. Eat All, I should say. Now, okay. Michael is famous because he can eat almost anything and has a Guinness uh, World Record for the strangest diet. Now, Michael claims in 1966, at the age of 16, is when he started to eat unusual things. I I have to ask one quick question. Is he possibly the former governor of New Jersey? (laughs) Not Chris Christie. Okay. Okay. No, no, no. I I don't think so. Uh, He's the man who eats everything. Well, he eats everything edible. This guy (laughs) eats everything unedible. Big difference here. <laughs> I figured that's where it's going. Hopefully he does not die next week and we don't have to edit that out. But <laughs> uh, you know what's uh, funny is, you know, the hot dog eating contest guy. Yes. They include him with like having a superhuman trait because of how his stomach set up in his body. Yes, he has a his stomach. I've actually seen that uh, there was a documentary on him. His stomach actually sits a lot lower, which allows for more room to expand. Yeah, so maybe in a future episode, we'll be talking about Hot Dog Man here. Now, back to Michael. Like I said, at the age of 16, this is when he got this craving to start eating weird shit. Uh, This is when Michael started to perform in front of people, and he would generally eat things like metal, glass, rubber, ceramic, or other materials. You're not stuff you're... I would assume not supposed to eat unless you're a goat or a shark or something. <laughs> um, Michael then stepped his game up by consuming, this is over several years, by the way, 18 bicycles, 15 shopping carts, seven televisions, two skis, a coffin, a bed, a computer, and his biggest accomplishment of his career was eating an entire Cessna 150, which he would have to eat over two fucking years, eating it, you know, piece by piece. So, uh, what do you, what do you think? Could you digest any of this stuff, Phil? I mean, it looks like he started doing this. You said at 16, so I'm assuming he was doing it to get laid. I wonder if it actually (laughs) worked ever. But I mean, you hear that thing about people who eat a lot. Like, where do they put it all? Like, was he shitting this stuff out? Like, was. Well, we're going to we'll be talking about his guts here uh later uh, later on Jesus. here so um well look Phil I think you should change your Tinder profile to be like I ate a coffee pot once or something like that maybe it'll help you you never know I ate a coffee I once consumed an entire television There you go <laughs> I ate an Xbox 1X no regrets <laughs> I I don't know put something like that on there I I don't know now, Michael generally eats about one kilogram or 2.2 2 
pounds of different material every single day. Fuck. His secret, according to him, is to drink it with mineral oils and a ton of water. Okay, so I guess you can eat whatever you want if you have mineral oils and a shitload of water. Um, <laughs> Though those crazy ladies from the mall are correct. Mineral oils can cure anything. Holy shit. See, look. If essential you, oils. I ladies. was going to say, if you, if you will finally give in and allow the essential oils to come into your life, Phil... You can eat anything. Don't ever worry about starving again. Just start eating the shit in your apartment. I won't have to worry about selling my crappy car and getting a new one. I could just eat it. That'd be you can, perfect. You can li- well see. You can eat the shell of it and still drive it. So you can you can you know get substance for about a year. Then when it's uh, almost stripped down, then you get a new car and finish that one off. So I don't know if we're going to talk about it in a little bit. But does he actually eat normal food also? Or is it just metal and plastic and fucking bits like that? We'll we'll kind of talk about that in a in a second here. Now, okay, they estimate that between 1959 and 1997, Michael had eaten about nine tons of metal. That's Jesus. a lot of fucking metal. Now we're probably all wondering how the hell does this man eat things like metal and rubber? And even consume things that generally are poisonous to something, you know, most of us, and he doesn't die. Well, upon looking closer, Michael suffers from an eating disorder known as, I think it's Pika or Pika, one of the two. Now, Pika is a psychological disorder in which the person has an appetite for substances that are largely non nutritive. In addition to that, now, this is kind of where his. I'm air quoting here, superpower comes in. Michael also has a thick lining in his stomach and intestines, which prevents any of the sharp objects from puncturing the stomach or any of his organs. Additionally, Michael's digestive juices are abnormally powerful, which allows his body to break down all the weird shit he, he eats. So to answer your earlier question... I think he does shit it out. Just, holy crap. He must shit out like, it must look, it, I don't want to get too disgusting, but he would have to have like the weirdest shits on earth. I like, it's, it sounds like because his digestive bile juices, whatever is so powerful. If you take a small enough piece of metal or whatever, somehow it breaks it down. Well, it sounds like he's just like a cow. So a cow, if a cow gets into like, if it eats a bunch of nails and shit like that, what you'll do is you'll feed them magnets so that the magnets will actually gather up all of the nails in their stomachs. And then they'll just end up shitting it out because it won't be just a bunch of nails altogether. It'll be a pile of nails and, it, you know, it'll come out. It'll actually move through a lot easier. So, oh. but yeah, that's it. Their body doesn't digest the nails. It just runs through because they have like, they have a really tough stomach lining. It, I mean, from what I'm understanding about this guy, he eats like tiny pieces of it. So like the plane had to be cut up in little pieces that he eats slowly over time. So yeah, he just, he doesn't, he doesn't take whole bites of entire fucking instruments and parts and shit no he like cuts it down he into little shards okay right right i think like glass he chews himself and maybe rubber but yeah metal he's gotta 
have assistance. Now, you mentioned his normal diet. It didn't really talk about his what he normally eats, but it did say any soft foods like bananas or, say, soft-boiled eggs, it'll make him sick if he eats them because his digestive juices are so powerful. Really? Yeah. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword here. You can eat all this shit without dying, but you can't enjoy... I, I'm assuming you can't even have ice cream. You know, that's anything cr- that's soft. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, now, Michael Letito died on June 25th, 2007, at the age of 57. Now, he died from completely natural causes. None of it had to do with the shit he was eating, so... Whether you want to consider that a superpower or not, I guess that's up to you. But uh, I think he's pretty fascinating. I mean, I'm thinking about some of the things. Uh, well, you come you come from a mechanical background. I was mechanic in the Air Force for a while. There's so many things in a like if he ate like a car. There's so many things in a car that are possibly like radioactive, extremely poisonous. It's just some of these things you don't even want to touch, like the catalytic converter. You don't even want to touch that with your bare hands. Yeah, I the, the, the element inside of it. I don't. I don't know if he was eating like oil or stuff, or I, I does a plane even have a catalytic converter? Probably not. What's in that platinum? It's it's titanium. like palladium or something like that. Yeah, it's the metal. It's like a. I'm wondering because these machines, a lot of these machines have like metals in them that are kind of like radioactive. Yeah. So well. That was a big thing is like when I when I said he could eat things that were normally poisonous, that's kind of what I was referring to. Like they claim poisonous metals, things like that. He can digest them and not die. Really? That's I guess. So it's fucking disgusting. He's basically (laughs) like a human human garbage disposal. Kind of. Yeah, I, I don't know. He's he's pretty crazy. I mean, but like we said. For the unbreakable guy, you need to be born with that specific gene. For that guy, you have to have a thick lining in your intestine and stomach, which I'm assuming is abnormal, and you have to have powerful stomach juices to pull this off. That's why I'm assuming it's so rare nobody can do it besides these couple people. Well, and he had the mental disorder too, which right. made him want to eat that stuff. Because even if a normal, or even I shouldn't say normal, that's mean. Even a person who is does not have pica or pica, whatever they want to call it. So even a person who has like these genetically thicker stomach linings and these powerful juices, if they don't have pica or pica, then they're they can do that stuff like eating that metal, but they're not going to want to do it because they don't have that disorder with their brain. Right. I, I, it's a, you bring up a good point because I remember, I think it was maybe on one of those like My Strange Addiction or whatever. Um, the, the girl, they had a young girl on there and she was obsessed with eating plastic, right? Yeah. And she had been eating it for God knows how long. They took an X or a CAT scan of her liver and it was so big and inflamed from her eating all of this plastic, which mm-hmm. I'm assuming means she cannot digest it like, um, Michael can. can, yeah. So don't eat anything that you're not supposed to be eating because your liver gets toast. You're toast pretty much. Yeah, if you've ever gone fishing in a less than clean lake or river, like the ones that are in 
all over the world now. Yeah. We'll, if you cut open those fish and when you rip out their organs, if you actually like cut their cut their little organs open, you'll find like little bits of plastic and little bits of stuff in there. Stuff that isn't supposed to be in those lakes and rivers. I imagine that's what her fucking liver looked like if they opened it up. I would honestly, I would recommend anybody look it up on YouTube or whatever. Like the size of the liver, it looks like from the picture, it's like half of her abdomen. That's how mm. inflamed it is. It's not supposed to be that big. Yeah, she's just, she's going to have some serious fucking problems when she grows up. Yeah, it's just like that. Or there's people who eat their hair, then it bundles <sighs> up in their stomach. Like there's, you know, people eat weird shit sometimes. It's like a, I guess, a mental disorder, I guess, um, that you, you kind of get addicted to eating that weird stuff. Yeah, I used to know a person who would like pull out their hair and then like chew on the ends of it. And it's like, dude, you know you're going to go bald anyway. Like baldness is in your family. Why are you doing this? Like <laughs> well, I don't think you're I don't think normal people can digest hair. No, as far they as can't. I know. Yeah. He used to just chew on the ends. It was fucking disgusting. Ugh. All right, let's move on to our last gentleman here, the Iceman, Wim Hof. Do you know this guy? No, but that is a stellar fucking name. I like that name. Really? I figured you would have known this guy. And yes, that name is fucking badass. I mean, well, Wim Hof. It's 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 easy. It's memorable. Like, no one would ever be like, I can't re quite remember your name. Everyone would be like, Wim Hof. That's the Wim Hof. That's the weirdest fucking name I've ever heard. <laughs> now, this is the guy who I know who he is, and I have definitely heard of him, and I really liked him. But once we get through this, I'm kind of like, eh, maybe not quite so much anymore. Now, let's start off here. Wim Hof was born on April 20th, 1959 in Sittard, Limburg, Netherlands. So he's a uh, wooden clogs boy. Yep. Now, what is extraordinary, extraordinary about Wim Hof is his ability to endure unnaturally cold temperatures that would normally kill you via hypothermia obviously we know we're familiar with this growing up in the cold fucking midwest yes anytime when it gets cold enough that you can take a hot glass of water throw it up in the air and it immediately turns into like a frosty mix mist that definitely is fucking cold yeah i i know uh you know bianca just came here last year she's i think it was her first real winter she yeah. experienced what it means to be cold, but... The, the real winter. Yeah. <laughs> now, Wim claims that all of this started at the age of 17 when he got a weird urge to jump into the absolutely frozen, freezing cold waters of the Beatrix Park Canal. I think I said that right. This is his quote. I felt this attraction to the cold water, and then, after I went in, I felt this understanding... An inside connection. It gave me a rush. My mind was free of gibberish. It's uh, because your brain was in survival mode. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to learn that's kind of the secret to his success. Hmm. Now, apparently after this, Wim would continuously keep jumping into this particular frozen like like this. Like you, like you said, you go home, you watch Netflix, play a video game. This is this guy's Netflix. He likes to jump in this one particular frozen lake. I don't know why. He just, he, he loves it. So basically, this is like his book and hot cup of tea and blanket for some people. He, like this is his relaxation method. 
He, I guess he loves the feeling of his balls and his dick receding into his body. I don't know from the cold. Oh, I didn't even water. think about that. Yeah. yeah I, I don't know. Any, any ladies out there, that's exactly what would happen. <laughs> Horrible. Now, while he was jumping in these lakes, he was continuously working on his breathing method. That's what he calls it. And he's it's based off a centuries-old Tibetan Buddhist practice known as the Tummo Meditation. Now, for the most part, Wim remained pretty much unknown for the next 15 years after, you know, he first jumped in there. Until his first wife showed signs of schizophrenia, and tragically, one day in 1995, she ended up jumping off uh, the top of their eight-story apartment building. It was after this that Wim decided to try to use his unique abilities to help others, trying to popularize his Wim Hof breathing method. Now, this is what it's called uh, from here on out. He... His website, you know, it's kind of like a self-help website, I guess you'd call it, or one of those type of things. Mm -hmm. Basically, if you were to take, I I don't know, training and meditating, things like that, he's trying to teach people his method to to being as uh, tough in the cold and whatever as he is, essentially. So he's kind of like one of those modern self-help guru assholes who takes... Who takes like the millennia old Hindu and all of the the Far East religions type of stuff and converts it into something that he can monetize. Correct. But whether he's just doing it for the money or not, I don't really know. But yes, it's basically that's what I was trying to get at. Like he's just a self-help guru. And we're going to learn that uh, some people have met tragic ends from trying this. Now... They, yeah, they tend to be scumbags. <laughs> yeah. There's, yeah. Now, while I mentioned it took a while before Wim caught the public's attention, eventually a TV news crew filmed him jumping into the holes cut out of the ice. They accidentally happened to film him saving someone's life who had fallen into the ice. And it seems like this is when his popularity uh. took off over all over Holland. So he might not have been as famous as he is now if he didn't save someone's life who had fallen into the ice, which is great, obviously. But Ugh, it's it reminds me of it's just you guys on Bumblebutt podcast talk about con artists and, you know, people mm-hmm. like that. I wonder if that person wasn't a setup like he knew the news crew wasn't going to be there and had someone, you know, I mean, maybe not, maybe it was totally legit, but it just kind of screams of that. Yeah. Fucking, you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Well, the, the thing about whim, right. Is if we take the tragedy that happened to his wife and he's trying to make something good out of it, you know, maybe at first that's what it is. I don't really know. But when we talk about what I'm titling the crazier side of whim, whim Hoff, uh, we'll kind of learn maybe he's lost his way a little bit. That's kind of how I feel about him. But okay. uh, we'll get through it all, then we'll talk about him. Now, in 2000, Wim set the Guinness World Record for the farthest swim underneath the ice. He traveled a distance of 188.6 feet. Now, his test run the day prior was almost fatal because Wim's corneas started to freeze and he was swimming blind 
He then had to be rescued by a diver before he started to lose consciousness. Can you imagine your fucking eyes freezing from the water? That sounds horrific. Yeah, I would never fucking do that shit again. I mean, it it does sound like his breathing techniques are really good for getting him that far under the ice and not your body would panic and you would take in a gasp of air, you would think, or something, you know, like that's a really long way to go. Well, we're gonna, I'll, I'll, don't worry, everybody. I'm going to let you know how he's actually doing all of this because it's purely mental. Like, like Phil kind of mentioned there, uh, in 2007, he ran the world's fastest half marathon while barefoot on ice or snow. It was two hours, 16 minutes, 34 seconds. I don't know how his feet didn't break off at that point, but uh, yeah, yeah, sounds horrific. I hate being cold, by the way. I hate it more than anything. I hate being fucking cold. Oh, Uh, yeah. I moved to this fucking desert hellhole just to get away from the cold. (laughs) I I hate it. Like, if you think about people like, let's say, uh, department stores, grocery stores, the people who have to stock the freezers, forget it. You could never convince me to do that. Oh, no, it's definitely it's I mean, well, you were saying he ran. Oh, no, it's a half marathon. So it's 13 miles. So two hours, 16 minutes. I thought it was in my I thought it was a full you you said like a full marathon in my head. But Mm. two hours, 16 minutes is pretty good time for a half marathon on any surface, let alone ice and snow. We'll we'll give him credit. This dude is like insanely athletic, by the way. So, yeah. But uh, in 2000, or also in 2007, Wim tried to climb Mount Everest wearing nothing more than shorts and shoes, but he injured his foot, so he had to derail being able to complete that. I don't know if his fucking foot froze off. I don't know what happened, but (laughs) something happened there. Yeah, that sucks because Mount Everest, you hear about people, if... If they get in, if people get injured while climbing Mount Everest, people like they have to be carried down. So I, I mean, the weird thing about Mount Everest is more and more people are climbing it now, so it's starting to get crowded. But you hear about people dying up there, and their bodies just get left up there. I mean, what are you gonna do? You get now you can just fly a fucking helicopter up there and get them. Yeah, you know. I mean, maybe you could just bring a wheelbarrow up next time and start <laughs> grabbing bodies, but. Maybe maybe Brock Lesnar should get up there and start carrying bodies down. (laughs) (laughs) He's like a pack mule. He's got like 18 dead bodies on his back. (laughs) Here's the thing with Wim. If he was just wearing shorts and shoes, how the fuck would he either not freeze to death or not run out? Don't you need oxygen once you get so high up there? Yeah, you start needing oxygen when you start getting towards the top because it's so fucking high up. There's no oxygen in the atmosphere up there. So... But he didn't give up on the idea, okay? He eventually climbed Mount Kilimanjaro with nothing more than shorts and shoes on, and he did it in less than two days. So that's pretty pretty impressive. Um, okay. But let's, uh, let's put this out here. It's not just cold. Wim ran a half marathon through the Nabib Desert without drinking any water. So I, I don't know how. I think that's in Africa somewhere. Um, yeah, N- Namibia. There's an. It's an old. It's it's kind of like the region of one of the countries. It's an old, like back in when there was like the Roman times, and the, it's Namibia. It's an old kingdom. I'm assuming he did it with no shoes on because that kind of seems to be his thing. 
Um, but damn, two hours through the desert without drinking water. It's uh, it's it's pretty impressive. Oh, yeah, definitely. I don't know. I mean, it, it's crazy that his mind not only can like put out the cold, but also put out dehydration. It's he he we'll, we'll, you got to hold on. We'll get there. But he has like an ability to control part of his mind that nobody else seems to have. It's kind of okay. like his power. Now, Wim also holds the record for spending one hour, 52 minutes, and 42 seconds in a tub of ice water. Most people cannot make it more than, I think, it, the normal person's like 10 minutes to 13 minutes, somewhere in yeah. there, before their body starts shutting down. So, uh, it's pretty clear that this guy does not mind being cold, but does, as far as like how he's doing it, let's talk about how he does it. Okay. Now, this is what I'm titling the crazier side of Wim Hof. Now, according to Wim Hof, uh, you can obtain any of these, quote, supernatural abilities yourself you, yourself using the Wim Hof method, as it is so called, which is what he calls a health-restoring way of deep breathing. Wim basically claims that you can gain control of your own immune system. Now, much like other holistic methods, Wim claims if you train properly, you can cure MS, arthritis, diabetes, fear, depression, anxiety, pain, PTSD, bipolar disorder, cancer, and anything else you put your mind to. Now, this is where we get into the, let's pump the brakes a little bit here, Wim Hof. Yes, definitely. This is where it's starting to get into the dangerous, uh, what you guys talk about, that the doctor from yeah. the 1800s who used to sew goat balls into people to cure their impotence. Yeah, he, my guess would be that Wim doesn't suffer from any of these ailments, so he doesn't have to worry about them. You know, yeah, he, definitely a charlatan. That's the word I was trying to think of, a charlatan. The thing, I think the thing about him is, that differentiates him from maybe a normal charlatan is I kind of think in his own mind, he thinks he can do, he can conquer all of this, but he doesn't realize that number one, he probably can't. And number two is that you can't just, someone can't just will the cancer out of their body. It just, where you can't, you can't just will that you don't have MS anymore. It just, it doesn't work like that. You know? Using his advanced method of breathing. Yeah, yeah definitely. Like, mind over, mind over body type situation. You know, my, my aunt has MS. I'm sure she wishes she could get rid of it. But uh, and I'm, there's a lot of people in the world I'm pretty sure wish they would never had MS. But it just, uh, unfortunately, we're not quite there yet. All right. Now, this is probably my favorite Wim Hof story here, Phil. Okay. Now, Wim wanted to, I, I don't know why Wim did this. Okay. Wim claims that once, for some reason, he decided to give himself an enema while swimming in an Amsterdam fountain. But little did he know that this fountain jet was a little bit more powerful than he expected. So the water tore through his colon and his fucking stomach. Now where the proof part of how tough he is comes into play is Wim claims that he did not take a single antibiotic to cure himself after he had a hole punctured through his stomach and colon. Ugh. For, why are you giving yourself an enema in probably a public fountain? Why are you doing that? 
Yeah, it's, I don't know. It must have been one of those, I don't know if it was like a publicity stunt or if he just like some kind of like little weird sexual thing his brain came up with <laughs> in the, you know, heat of the moment. But yeah, that's just fucking weird. When I, when I read that, I'm like, why would anybody like, you know, the big joke is boys stick their dicks and jets or whatever. Why is this guy trying to give himself an enema in a public fountain? Yeah, it's it's weird. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know that. Uh, I've never seen that kink on the internet. Maybe I don't know. it's a little weird. I don't want to kink shame anyone if they have hey. a thing for fucking hot tub jets or whatnot. What but. do you what do you call it? Rule thirty four. Oh. It, it, oh, it always exists on the internet. I guarantee there's fountain enemas. You can find them. Yeah, any kind of porn you can think of exists on the internet. Now this is where I thought you would have known of this guy. Because Wim Hof was apparently on Joe Rogan, the podcast, and he told Joe he's willing to inject himself with malaria to prove that he will be able to, quote, deal with it. That's fucking dangerous and crazy. Yeah, <sighs> yeah I I don't maybe I think it's like episode 480 or some or no, 840 or something like that. So, OK, go maybe listen to it and see how actually nuts this guy is. Uh, Wim Hof can apparently control his erections as well. Uh, This is a quote directly from Wim. Somebody tried to seduce me whilst I was naked outside and she was touching me. When I do yoga, no one can distract me. I am completely in control. So, ladies, I'm sorry. Doesn't matter what you do. If Wim Hof does not want a boner, Wim Hof will not get a boner. Can't You can't break his concentration. Does he he claim that he can, like just arouse at like any minute that he wants to, or is he just saying that if he doesn't want one, he doesn't, doesn't get one. If he doesn't want one, he ain't getting one. Okay. Does not matter. Does not matter. You cannot give him an erection unless he wants one. Okay. So yeah, there's that. Now, Wim claims that he has only eaten one meal a day for the last 38 years. He claims he uses his breathing energy to survive. So, uh, maybe, I guess, I don't, it sounded like he doesn't eat much for the one time he eats a day. So, I guess, whatever. He is kind of a scrawny guy. Um, There are, there are, like, people who just don't eat a lot. Like, when I was a teenager and, like, in my younger 20s, I never ate. Like, I would eat, like, once every day or once every, like, other day. So, I can see how over your, you know, you can just kind of train your brain to do that, but... Now I can't even imagine going, you know, the whole day without eating at least twice. So here's the thing about Wim, though, that I, if you look at pictures of him, he's pretty athletically fit and all this running and everything he does. Like, I, I feel like when he has a higher metabolism, which I'm assuming he has, he probably is going to need to eat, you know? Yeah. If he's running half marathons, he should need to eat more than <laughs> once, <laughs> once a day. The uh, another superhuman we'll probably talk about in a future episode is a man who doesn't eat. No, is he he doesn't eat at all or he doesn't sleep at all? One of the two. Okay. Uh, yeah, but we'll get to. The, there's a lot of weird people, of kind of extraordinary people. Now, Wim claims he doesn't need to do drugs, okay, because he can trigger his own DMT gland. He really, can, this must have gotten him on Joe Rogan. Probably. Joe Rogan talks about DMT all the damn time. 
<sighs> yeah, I've I've heard it gets a little obnoxious from old Joe Boy there, but uh, <laughs> Wim claims he has complete control. He can just trigger it whenever he wants. So there's that. Now, does the Wim Hof method actually work? Well, this is kind of a yes and no thing from what they've been able to prove. A study found that Wim and certain disciples of his were able to manipulate their brain into triggering certain reactions. What this means is basically Wim Hof had, they're pretty sure he had accidentally triggered his ability to trick his body into releasing either dopamine or serotonin, which is normally only released under extreme stress. So this Mm -hmm. is kind of how he does it. He can control those receptors or whatever that for the normal person only gives you them when you need them. He can apparently do it on command, which is what, when he triggers them, he can then put himself into a euphoric state, essentially, which allows him to block out pain from being cold and stuff like that. So he's basically, instead of just being able to take, he's like in a doped up state and he can trigger his fight or flight. Yeah, he can trigger it whenever he wants, which gives him the illusion that he's somehow a super tough man, I guess, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it's just like if you were in an MMA fight, but instead of being clean when you walked into the ring, you were injected with some kind of like steroid that made you just not feel the pain or something like that. Some kind of pain, some kind of pain blocker. And everyone's like, wow, that guy just got punched in the face and didn't even notice it. Well, he didn't feel it. Mm. Kind of like Donald Trump right now. (laughs) Oh, yeah, (laughs) definitely. He should be in bed near death. But really, he's just like weekend at Bernie's, like we were saying, just a a puppet on strings, just running around. So, I mean... With Wim, I, you could kind of put it as a, a supernatural thing, but it kind of sounds like somehow the doctors basically said they believe maybe when he was jumping in the cold water or something, he was able to somehow trigger some ability that only he has that not everybody has where he's able to manipulate his body to releasing these certain things. That's what they think he did. Now, like we said, he can block out pain and stuff like that, or maybe do whatever, but I highly doubt he can cure every ailment on the planet. And not to mention four people have died trying to do the Wim Hof method. So there's blood on his hands. Apparently these people were trying to do these breathing exercises and accidentally, I think suffocated themselves or something like that. So you got to be careful when you're doing stuff like this. You know what I mean? Well, when it comes to like training any part of your body, like training mentally, training physically, that kind of stuff, you always want to start at the beginner level if you're just getting into it. Like if you see, if you have a buddy who's been lifting weights for 10 years and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I would like to be big like him. I think I'm going to do like 20 bench presses of 250 pounds. You're going to hurt yourself. Yeah, You can't start at the fucking extreme pro level. You have to work yourself up. You got to start with the bar for, you know, a few, a few reps. You can't just, you can't just do this advanced breathing method and survive all these crazy things like he does. You've got to start little, start, you know, work. You got to work your way up to it. Basically. He's he's got 38 years on you of doing this shit. Yeah. You know what I I mean? Oh, I was going to say, I think like Harry Houdini, I think he did like advanced breathing to 
survive some of the feats that he did also. I'm sure he did. I mean, uh, there's that one guy. I think he was in the list, too. The guy who can hold his breath for like fucking God. How long was it? like seven or eight minutes? Yeah, like he doesn't go ahead. uh, I was going to say, yeah, he didn't start by he didn't just like decide one day like, oh, I'm going to see how long I can hold my breath. (laughs) And he held it for eight minutes. It was the first time he did it. It was like 58 seconds. And he's like the next time it's like, okay, a minute 10. Good. You know, then he just kept working on it and working on it. He didn't start at eight minutes. It's it's kind of funny. It mentions me now like the Wim Hof where it's like, oh, you just got to tell your brain to do this or do that. Like, that's not that far off of Dianetics, really. Yeah, with that fucking the Scientology shit. Yeah, it's because essentially him was like, you just got to tell your brain what to do and it'll do it, you know, blah, blah, blah. But uh, yeah, there is certain people who just seem to have this unique ability with their brains that unfortunately not everybody can have. So, um, but Phil, what do you, how do you feel? Do you think some of these people are extraordinary? Do you think they're just, it's a genetic lottery thing. Do you think maybe eventually we'll all be able to unlock different sectors of our brain? How are you feeling about this? Well, I mean, really with the first two people, genetic lottery, I mean, they happen to have these little weird things about their genetics and everything just kind of lined up. It also sounds, it sounds like for the second guy, if his body actually has strong stomach acid that can break this shit down. The problem is when you take in poisons like that, I mean, those are going to enter your body. So I wonder like if that, if those poisons like ever built up or anything like that, it said he died natural causes. Yeah. The third guy, I mean, he just was able to train his brain into doing special things which I think most people probably could learn to do if they were really behind it and they worked their way up. I, For Wim, when I was really thinking about him, I feel like he kind of had the, the ability at first, right? Then he had the extremely tragic event of his wife, you know, committing suicide. I feel like something triggered in him and then it just kind of like set him off on this path. That's kind of how I feel from like a psychological standpoint, but... Uh, Because sometimes tragic events like that can just, you know, make people do this or that. So I don't know. Kind of kind of snaps them out of like their normal routine and put them on that weird path like you were saying. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I mean, it is if you look at videos of like the Buddhist monks or the monks in the Far East who like practice these meditation and breathing methods. There's some of them. There was a it was a Buddhist monk. He was sitting in snow. And he started meditating and he actually forced his body to heat up and he was heating up the area around him so much that the snow started to melt in his like a circle around him. The snow started to melt. So I mean, you know what? Maybe, uh, you know, people like the Buddhist monks or whatever, they can tap into things that are normally stuck in our subconscious. I mean, that maybe that could be something in uh in the uh in the future that all humans could do or whatever from what i what i've heard i don't know how true this is but if if you didn't have a subconscious part of your brain and you had to try to control everything you'd basically go insane oh yeah even having to force yourself to breathe yeah would be like if you didn't have that thing where it just said, okay, we're going to walk left foot in front of right, right, left, right, left. If you didn't have that, even walking, you wouldn't be able to do it because having your brain manually control all of your 
Like if you had to manually control all of your muscles, it took just a smile. It would be extremely hard. <laughs> yeah. Like everything. But apparently talking would be impossible. Yeah. Apparently uh, you can unlock some of that crazy shit in your brain because the brain's obviously very powerful and uh, don't really know a lot about it. Even I mean, yeah. we know a lot, but we don't know everything. Um, but uh, any of these powers that you'd like to have, Phil? Um, well, I think the, I don't know if it's a power, but getting your brain to do crazy things would be pretty, pretty cool. Um, I don't know what I would use them in everyday situations, but it would be kind of cool if in, I mean, it is obviously there's like, I love sci-fi and there's a really bad dystopian aspect. Whenever you tell the story of like a CRISPR. Or someone like manipulating genes and like what happens if you did you ever watch? Uh, I told you to watch the boys on oh, Amazon. Prime. I have not yet. I have not yet. Those people that they're, they're uh, well, I'm gonna give it out a little bit, but they're uh, so basically they have these they're superheroes and they are they act like gods. They are total fucking assholes to everyone, especially the main superhero. And really, when these people, if you if you gave just a normal human these abilities, it turns them into monsters. And you can definitely see, like anyone, it happens with money. When you give someone too much money and too much power, they turn into just absolute fucking monsters a lot of the time. Like these Jeff Bezos characters, you know, <laughs> just a fucking evil, horrible person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, um, if anybody's seen the movie Brightburn, uh, mm. which is, yeah, have you seen it? I have. It's 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 like the Superman story. But he's a heel, not a face, right? It probably would be what would Superman would actually do if he arrived on Earth. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. There, yeah. There's a great, I think it's a comic book series. I believe they may have turned it into a movie. It's a alternate universe or alternate dimension Superman story where instead of landing in Kansas, Superman lands in Siberia and Ooh. the communists get control of him. Oh, I bet that's a good one. That would be a good one to, yeah, I don't know if they have that movie. I would like to watch it, though. It would be pretty good. Batman basically has to try to take down communist Superman, <laughs> I think is what it is. Uh, anyway, if uh, if you've read this comic, where can you uh, let us know about it at, Phil? Well, they can hit us up on our brand spanking new website, Hell which yeah. a lot of you guys have gotten a hold of us through it. It's pretty awesome. It is Weirdos United Network, and you can get to that website pretty easily. Type in, in www.subliminaldeception.com. There you can find an easy contact link that you can get right to our email. You just pop in your name, give us your message, and it sends straight to our email. Uh, it's really great. You can also find our Patreon on there. You can find our old archived episodes. You can find anything. Uh, you, if you want to get to us, just the old method of just hitting us up on regular email. It is subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, Cody and I love to hear from you guys. It's always great to hear from the fans. Easier method to hear from us or to get a hold of us, I should say, is just on our Instagram. Probably the easiest way. Subliminal Deception Podcast on IG. Uh, Cody and I also have our own Instagram accounts. Mine is sdpodphil. I check it more often than I used to and love hearing from you guys. Cody, what's yours? Yeah, you can follow my personal Instagram at Zabob. Oh, also about the website, let me mention this as well. If you'd like a Subliminal Deception sticker, they are on sale there. The 5x5 five five extra large stickers. So 
get those awesome. as well. Um, the other thing we need you guys to do is to log on to iTunes. Uh, leave the show a five-star view. doesn't really matter what you say. Just type, I love CRISPR. I hate CRISPR. doesn't really matter. If you're a Spotify user, simply hit that follow button, and you'll always be updated when we drop the newest episode. Otherwise, guys, I hope you enjoyed the episode week this week, and we will see you next week. Thanks, guys. <laughs>